All right, we are live, pal. Yes, sir. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Wouldn't be a show if. There we go. You're cracking your beer. I am drinking a bottle of water tonight as I had multiple Burger King hamburgers, and that is the end of my stomach this evening. Oh, Burger King? I regret nothing. Oh, we, we, we have a plethora, a plethora of fantastic burgers in this town, and you choose Burger King. Don't undersell the power of the Whopper, my friend. Oh, you're a sick man. I have issues. <laughs> Speaking of issues, we also have had some technical issues recently. Yes, sir. Uh, so we were supposed to bring to you guys a countdown list of the top seven worst title changes of all time which we recorded and then said recording turned to shit and it is unusable. Not the so, first time, not the last time that will ever happen to a podcast. I, I can't count how many times that happened during the lasting mark or any of the, uh, the, the other shows I was involved in. So it happens, uh, you know, get over it. <laughs> well, as they say, cards subjected to change. So yep. we are going to change the countdown as well this week. Uh, before we get to that, though, I will quickly just run down my top seven worst title changes of all time uh, in a very fast manner because I did my damn homework on this. Uh, so my number seven was Triple H uh, beating Randy Orton for the world title one month after Randy Orton uh, became the youngest world champion of all time. My number six was the Natural Disasters defeating Money Incorporated for the tag team titles in 1992 because why the fuck did that happen? <laughs> My number five was Sergeant Slaughter beating the Ultimate Warrior at the Rumble 91. My main reason behind that is because I think they should have uh, built to a Hogan Warrior rematch at WrestleMania 7. Uh, my number four was any world title change in WCW in the year 2000. Uh, there's a plethora of reasons. There were six title changes that lasted one day. Uh, the title was vacated six times, and there was 19 title changes in, the, in that year. So fuck you, WCW. Um, my number three was Albert Del Rio cashing in against CM Punk after SummerSlam. My number two was John Cena beating Edge at the Royal Rumble 2006. I think Edge was really hot at that time, and that should have been your WrestleMania main event where Cena should have won the belt back. And my number one was the finger poke of doom in WCW. Exactly. And uh, I do have to shout out, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yep. I did have the greatest honorable mention of all time, which I think you will agree with. Mm-hmm. And that would be um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan finding the WCW World Television title <laughs> that Scott Hall threw in the garbage can on the November 29th episode of Monday Nitro in Denver, Colorado. Hacksaw, the janitor of WCW at the time, finds the title belt in the trash can in Pennsylvania on February the 19th <laughs> in the year 2000. So uh, no. if that's not the greatest title change of all time, I don't know what well, it is. That, that, that's it. I think that's why I couldn't make your list because you, you literally called it the greatest worst title change ever. Unbelievable. Four <laughs> months later. Four months later in a different country. In, in, different, different in a different arena, in a different state. <laughs> God bless. Hacksaw Jim Duggan can do nothing wrong. Oh, only Vince Russo could write that shit. I'm telling you, uh, he's a he's a piece of work. <laughs> um, before we get into uh, our list today, um, I want to bring uh, a, a, just a quick shout out, if I if I may. Um, as we're recording this right now, a couple hours ago, uh, ROH and New Japan legend Tama Tonga welcomed his uh, baby girl into the world. 
Oh, and, I didn't uh, see that. And you know what? We're living in a in a time where all we get is fucking bad news every day. It's cool to read something like that. It's cool to read to to, to read that somebody's happy and has good things happening to them. So uh, Tama Tango, who I'm a huge fan of, um, I, I, I'm glad to see some happiness come your way. And uh, good on you, man, little baby girl. That's awesome. Absolutely. I'll cheers to that, Tama Tonga. Uh, well, we're gonna have some more good stuff to talk about today. Um, so, so it want- was. So I took the uh, the liberty of throwing the list at you this week. Yes. Because so we were- you, uh, because even though you just gave your list, I, I felt bad you you didn't get a full show to give to give to get a give out a list. So I said you can have another turn. Because I'm oh, much appreciated. Because I'm a good I- guy like that. I actually do have to give a bit of a shout out to um, uh, one of our listeners as well. Uh, Stefan Kerr actually kind of put this uh, list out there to start with. And we've kind of modified it a little bit to uh, to make it more uh, show friendly. So cheers for, for one of these, for kind of laying the blueprint of this idea. Uh, by the way, before we get into this, you, you just mentioned one of our listeners. Uh, we've, we're only one show deep and I'm getting a ton of feedback on our first show. So thank you to everyone who is listening. Um, yeah, absolutely. That, that's really cool that people are already jumping on the show. Um, it's, it's appreciated. Hopefully we're entertaining you during these boring times. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, uh, and the shows can only get better, man. And uh, I mean, we've got uh, some Twitter, Twitter feedback as well, at Count It Out 7, uh, the Facebook group. We've got about, what is it, 50 members in there now? Well, like, I, 56 the last time I checked. Yeah, not bad. And so uh, let, let's, like, uh, you know, we, we want to hear back from you guys. So listen yeah. listen to the list and tell us your opinion. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a good shout out in the last one from one of our Twitter followers, Stephen Bourne, saying that the Straight Edge Society uh, should have been in, uh, at least uh, mentioned on our faction list. I can't agree more with that. They were a great may, faction. May, maybe, in the, maybe in the worst list. I, They'd be on your worst list. Yeah, you're out of control. <laughs> I know that you're, not, but he did some magic with that faction. Yeah. Shaving his head. Yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm just being a dick. Uh, it was, it wasn't. It, they would never make my top seven, but they, I'm, I, they were a good faction. They were entertaining. They were a good heel faction. Uh, Anything Luke Gallows does is immediately two thumbs up in my books. I'm a big fan of yeah, the good brother. Yeah. I'll give it too sweet for that one. Even Justice, uh, Jesse and Justice. Yeah, he is hilarious. Come on. That was a terrible no, gimmick. You know what? Call it, I don't care when people call it a terrible gimmick. I think it's a genius gimmick. The fact that he was comatose until they rang the bell. Yeah. And then CM Punk yeah, saved him genius. by getting him off that medication. Yeah, it was genius. I love that gimmick. I really do. Um you know, a uh, little Ray Gordy there. Uh, what, what, what was Ray Gordy's uh, uh, ring name? Jesse, 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 I believe. Jesse, yeah, yeah, Jesse. Um, you know, he 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 left a lot to be desired. I think. Um, you know, he wasn't. Those are big shoes he, to fill as well. His, well, his, his dad, his dad was, a was a legend, and he. Uh, I don't know. I I I just don't think he. Uh, I don't think he lived up to it. I really don't. Um, nothing against the guy. Uh, what was his Slam Master J? Is that his other name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't. He didn't really get no. the best. The best chance to make an impression. No, but, but and he uh, wasn't the greatest worker in the world. Not, he really wasn't. Does. But it was a cool. It was a cool gimmick. I liked it. Yeah, I was down with Jesse and Festus. Great theme song too. Biscuits and gravy. Yeah, very very cool. All right. Um. So this week, what I threw at you. Um, one of my favorite things growing up, well, my biggest memories when I'm when I'm, I'm picturing myself as a six, seven, eight year old kid uh, watching wrestling, 
almost over the matches, I remember the moments, and especially the moments in those talk shows. You know, yeah, you had uh, you had the barber shop, you had uh, the funeral parlor, and I remember those things vividly. Uh, I, those moments that happened when I was a kid, I loved. And we don't see too many of them now, but when you do, you sometimes get some cool moments. So I want to talk about the seven best talk wrestling talk show moments. So, and just to be clear, this is not the seven best wrestling talk shows. No. It is moments that occurred on a variety exactly. of shows. So, so we're going to be talking about seven different barbershop uh, moments, technically. Well, seven, <laughs> seven barbershop moments? Oh, my goodness. Maybe, maybe one barbershop moment. All right. Unless you want nice. to throw an honorable mention to Sid getting sprayed in the face with uh, shaving. Right, well, 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 my list comes later. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before I give you my number seven, I'm just going to kind of put out there, uh, doing my homework on, on this very quickly. The funeral parlor was right. awesome, man. If we were, if we were listing the talk shows, funeral parlor is my number one. Yes. Funeral parlor is number one. Yes. I am a massive Roddy Piper fan. Okay. I granted, I, I, Roddy Piper is the greatest of all time. However, the funeral parlor beats out Piper's pit for me. Every single time. Paul Bear terrified me as a child. <laughs> he terrified me. He yelled at me. <laughs> I think we're going to end up telling this story every week on the show. Well, it's ter- traumatic. It greatly shaped my life. It terrified me as a child. I ran away almost in tears. It greatly shaped my life. Oh, I could I could be doing more with my life, but Percy Pringle scared the fuck out of me. So. <laughs> That's it. And now here I am. Mm-hmm. I'm filming. I'm filming a top seven podcast with you because of oh. Paul Bear. So I guess it's not all bad. Yeah, you could do worse. That's right. <laughs> all right. What's your number? Well, what's your number seven, bud? We're gonna start off with the funeral parlor. I am going to talk about the Undertaker's face turn on the funeral parlor. Uh, Jake the Snake was yep. the guest. This this was uh, right in the middle of the or toward, sorry, this was right at the end of the Jake the Snake and Macho Man Randy Savage yes. feud where the Undertaker was a, was aligned with Jake the Snake. Uh, this was right after the Saturday Night's main event pay-per-view where Macho Man had just beaten Jake the Snake in the main event, and he, him and Elizabeth were coming through the curtain. Jake was waiting with a chair and wound back to hit him, and the Undertaker, of all people, stopped him. One of my favorite, I, I still vividly remember watching that as a kid. Uh, that That's when I became an Undertaker fan as, as, as a kid. Um, yeah, that's when he stopped being. Uh, he was a little less yeah, scary after uh, that. But uh, great moment, great moment. Not only that moment, like we're going to talk about the funeral parlor moment in a minute, but that moment at uh, main event was was something special. Yeah, it was different, right? You don't usually see a lot of the backstage stuff at no. that point, especially. So it was it was well done. It was a great end to that feud to spin Jake into a new feud, a nice fresh take on the Undertaker. Just a couple of times I, I got to. What do you want? tonight so uh i just love which, the would, which would lead to the beginning of the streak correct me if i'm wrong that you are wrong actually the oh. beginning of the streak was at wrestlemania 7 against jimmy Snuff. oh i always forget that match that's not the first I time mean, i've made that not the first time i've made that mistake in my brain i have decided that jake roberts uh had undertaker's first mania match 
Well, because that there's that visual of Taker tombstoning him on the floor. Yeah. There's not a lot of memories of, of him and Snooker, no, right? Really not. Jake was his first real mania match, yeah. his real mania program, right? And then he followed it with Giant Gonzalez. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> oh, um, some things I loved about, about this scene was uh I love how Vince McMahon would talk during the funeral parlor yeah. scene. Yeah. Just that creep. He would. He, he had the creeped out, low tone voice. You know what I mean. Um, Paul Bearer's facial expressions are always incredible. <laughs> He's very animated. Yeah. He also took one hell of a sick DDT on the stage there on that on whatever their setup yes, was. Sir. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that the the ending scene where where Jake took the urn and put it in the casket. An Undertaker's line was great too. When Jake was, you know, who side are you on? Yeah. And, and, Undertaker, not yours. One of the first I times I remember him stuff. talking. Yeah, and, and effective. Very effective. Yeah, very he didn't effective. Have to say yeah. a lot, but his point got across. It got a big pop from the crowd. Absolutely. Jake took the urn and Jake took the urn and put it in the casket and locked Taker's hand in the casket, laid out Bear with that DDT, and then just proceeded to beat the holy hell out of him with a steel chair. And then the, uh, the, the last scene you, you see is the Undertaker getting up every time and dragging that casket with his hand stuck in it, chasing Jake the Snake away. And we've seen these this casket used a few times already uh, in the WWE. And, the you know, we're led to believe that this casket's super heavy, right? And this is this is back when kayfabe is alive and well. And I'm, I'm believing everything I fucking see in wrestling. I'm, 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 I'm eight, nine years old. So, you know, I, be- I believed that this monster of a man was pulling that 200-pound fucking casket behind him and you know, fueled by anger and rage to go after the- this slimy piece of shit, Jake Roberts. It was such a powerful moment. I, I-, I love it. I- I'm actually surprised it's your number seven. It- it's much higher on my list. It uh, it actually, I, I missed my- misread my note. It's actually my number Ooh, six. Really? Botchamania. Yeah. Bachamania, that's okay because like, you can flip flop my six and seven either way. I just think at the end of this, everybody came out looking like one hundred percent. It was it was a great way to, like you said, it was a great way to segue from the Savage feud into the Undertaker feud. One hundred percent, it was. Uh, speaking of segueing, let's go into my number six. Then I went to the highlight reel with Chris Jericho for John Cena's debut on Monday Night Raw. On the oh, draft. okay. I. No, in research for this, I watched a couple highlight reels, and that's one I kind of skipped over. I I, for, I forgot about it. Refresh my memory. This was um one of the this was the first real I think this was the first draft that they did in the WWE since the brand yeah. split. Um, uh, Cena was the champion on SmackDown at the time. Uh, this was the actual first draft pick. Episode. So this is this is um, back when. Flair was an five. Flair was running one brand, and, and and McMahon was running the other. Uh, this was they were done running the brands at this time. I okay. think this was like the first draft lottery, like the shake. Oh, okay, I okay, believe. okay, okay. Or it's just the random, and there was no rhyme or reason to this one. It was just yeah. random. You're getting this person, so they they started out in the highlight reel. Um, this was kind of um the first time that they really said, you know what, John Cena. You're the man who's going to run yeah. this company. You're the man who's going to be the face of our company. He moved to Monday Night Raw. He got an enormous Absolutely. pop coming yep. out. Uh, he was hyped up. Him and Jericho had some, you know, good banter back and forth for a bit. Uh, the part I liked about this was uh, Christian coming out and interrupting the program, though. Because leading up to this, Christian was on Raw and Cena was on SmackDown. 
but at the Royal Rumble, any like cross brand stuff, Christian was always throwing digs at yeah. Cena. So now they finally got to go face to face. Christian had a really strong promo. Um, the segment ended with a real nice brawl with Cena dumping Christian out of the ring and laying out Tomko with the attitude adjustment. Built up to a real nice three-way match at the uh, July pay-per-view that year with uh, Jericho, Cena, and Christian. Very underrated mm-hmm. three-way match. So that's what well, I've got for my number uh, six. Underrated happens to be Christian's middle name, if you didn't know. A hundred percent. Old blue mm-hmm. face, right? Um, so that's my number six. Number five, we are going to go back and revisit with Jake the Snake Roberts right now. Uh, I have when on the Brother Love Show when Rick Martel blinded Jake oh Snake Roberts. Oh God! How did I forget about that? Yes, yes, sir. Deep yes. Cut. This was a great old school angle. Brother Love was he either loved him or you hated him, and if you hated him, that's because yeah, he was just saying, you, you had, nobody loved him. You couldn't. You couldn't no, love and now you go back and appreciate Bruce it. Pritchard was playing one of the greatest heel managers at that time. I loved him today. We discussed uh, 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 on the last show about about my love for Heenan. You'll never beat Heenan. Fine, but you want to if you take Heenan out of the equation, you talk about great heel managers. For his small run that he had, Brother Love was fantastic. Hundred percent, he was. He uh, he got a lot of heat. He was great at putting over the heels always. Uh, and I just like this one. Jake was supposed to be the guest, but he was plugging Rick Martel's arrogance instead. Uh, he said, Rick, why don't you stay out, you know, hang out, make sure that the set doesn't smell bad. And Jake came out and Rick kept trying to spray the bag, spray Damien, spray the snake bag. And Jake got fired up, went to grab for Martel's arm, gets sprayed right in the eye with the arrogance, uh, whatever, what was it? Cologne? Yeah, arrogance cologne? Or... I don't know if he and, called it. Uh, he called it something like an essence or some shit. Yeah. In essence, that's it. And he, uh, I just thought it's a great throwback to a real old school angle. Um, the things I liked following up on this, so were I don't know if you remember Jake the Snake Vision updates, where he'd be sitting in the eye doctor uh, and they have an eye drop. I vaguely remember those. Yeah, they were putting eye drops in, yeah. and then they they finally revealed it, and he'd put the white contact lens in, so it didn't look like he had a pupil in his eye at all. It was terrifying. And it had a great payoff uh, leading up to their blindfold match at WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of my one of my favorite stories. Um, I know I made fun of the blindfold match last week, but I, I was I was joking. I really do love that match. And you, you know, I, I called Christian underrated, but you want to talk about the king of underrated? How great is Rick Martel? Rick, Rick Martel has Rick never Martel. gotten his due. Never gotten his due. You know. He had a real great run in WCW in about 98 as well with the TV championship. Booker T and Perry Saturn, I believe they were all in there. He had a little, he had a cup of coffee with the TV title. Him and Booker T had some great matches. You know, he, he's been a part of some some great matches, great angles. His, his strike Force was a great he tag was, team. But, and people always forget about this, Can-Am, man. Can't, people don't talk about oh. Can-Am enough. If you want to go back even a little deeper, I I believe now correct me if I'm wrong here, and you might have to we might have to turn to Google for this, but I believe he was also a tag team champion with Tony Gurria. I will have to check out Mr. Google for that one. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to call you wrong on that. I don't know though. Yeah, he's yeah. a great run. I, I would have always liked to have seen Martel and Tito have a feud it's, over the uh, IC title. It's unfortunate that when he finally does have his day in the in the Hall of Fame, I'm sure they're just going to stick him into that fucking legacy wing. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't hate know. Who knows what the that Hall of Fame in general is. That, no, that's we're, a whole defi- we're definitely going to discuss that one day because I know you have strong opinions. Um, former host uh, on uh, on Russell Media, Matt Sukram, would uh, would love would love to hear your opinions on that because he has very strong opinions on the Hall of Fame as well. But his stem mostly from the fact that there is no physical Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, that's he, a big problem. A baseball fan, and he, he wishes it was modeled after this after after the baseball one. So, but, I will say the one thing I do like about the Hall of Fame is that it gives some of these guys a higher payday on the Indies. It gives some of you know some guys that are fading a, a little bit exactly, more of a rub. Exactly. No, I I look for the Hall of Fame every year. I truly do. I'm I'm very bummed out that we're not getting it this year. Especially, with, I'm okay with especially it. with the class that's going in. Um, I thought the class was strong this year. I thought it was a good absolutely. Class. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, one on more one more point on uh, one more point is uh, this Jake and, and Rick Martel feud. They went through a few pay per views, yeah. you know. They they both captain Survivor Series teams uh, that year's Survivor Series, and they climax at WrestleMania. So they feuded in the Rumble. They oh they I, went, they went right through. I, so good long term. I climaxed during WrestleMania once or twice. Well, sometimes. Not <laughs> no. uh, actually, moving on to your number four, I suppose. Number four, we are going to take a trip back to the funeral parlor. Wow. We are going with when The Undertaker put the Ultimate Warrior your, into a casket. Your casting. funeral parlor things are so low compared to mine. <laughs> <laughs> this, this angle, I do remember being terrified I... and being con- Greatly, greatly worried yeah, as a child. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Uh, I can tell, tell the folks if they don't remember. Tell the folks what the angle and I'm going to tell you a story about this. Uh, the angle was the Ultimate Warrior was a guest on the funeral parlor, uh, grunting and growling. Paul, Paul Bear did most of the heavy lifting on this, uh, this segment. The Warrior just kind of made noises. And then as he started to talk at the end, the Undertaker was hiding in a, a casket that was standing up, a wooden one. And he blindsided the Warrior. He laid him out with the urn. Uh, picked him up, put him in the casket. Just some, uh, just some points that I, I rewatched this actually about five minutes ago before we came on uh, to record this. The Undertaker was yeah. creepy, man. Just coming out of that casket with the look on his face, like he just looked like a killer. Macho Man has such a great line when the Undertaker is trying to put the Ultimate Warrior in the casket. This was right after their retirement match. So the, the Macho Man was cheering for The Undertaker, saying, I remember WrestleMania, get him in there, which I thought was great. Um, but then as he's in this casket and they seal it shut and it's airtight and he's dying, the growing panic that the commentators create is fantastic. Rowdy Piper is really putting over how long he's been in. He's been in there 45 seconds. There's no air in there. The Macho Man starts to change his tune. He's like, oh, I don't wish this on him. Like, oh, and Vince is losing his mind. They've got all the agents out there. They had um, uh, Mulligan out there, Tony Gurria, uh, Rene Goulet. They were all out there with crowbars and sledgehammers. Just the, the growing panic growing the longer that he was in there. And then when they finally get the casket open, I thought there's two really nice touches. Was that the inside, the Ultimate Warrior had clawed yes. the inside of it, trying to to get out, which Love I thought that. was really cool. And they started performing yeah. CPR on him. Which I forgot about, which I thought was something they they were doing the the chest pumps on him, they were doing mouth to mouth resuscitation on him as he and they finally brought him back to. So I just thought this I, whole angle was. I, I wish that the payoff yeah. would have been a lot better. That you didn't no, really no. get anything out of it. No pay per view matches or anything like that. Well, Good house show run. Of not the long after, right? Matches. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, I dare say we didn't see something like that again 
until years later when Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie went over the stage in the dumpster. Yeah, you that was a strong and Very well. similar because, again, they blurred the lines. Good guys were, uh, you know, bad guys were concerned about the good guys. Uh, you had you had Sonny there crying on the on the corner. Vince was out there checking on everything. You know, it, it, very similar to what we did, they did with Warrior and Taker. And uh, I think Warrior and Taker kind of maybe, maybe even inspired that a little bit because um, I remember that Warrior Taker thing very well. However, I remember it as it almost, not quite, almost destroying kayfabe for me as a child. So oh, really? It fucked me up. I watched, I watched that that show. Uh, I, I think uh, they re because I got wrestling uh, up in Northern Ontario on a show called Canadian Challenge. If anybody remembers that, yes. and, and and they they Great would show. replay things that you didn't get to see if we didn't if you didn't get uh, you know USA or TNT or whatever it was, right? Um, so you would watch uh, Canadian Challenge. They would they they show this segment with the uh, Ultimate Warrior, and then freak the fuck out. I'm like that dude tried to kill that dude. You know, I'm like, like I like I'm fucking eight years old. I just witnessed the fucking murder. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I go out, and uh, after I watch the show, I go out, and and I'm hanging out with my neighbor. And I tell him, I'm like, did you see that shit, blah, blah, blah. And he tells me, now to this day, I don't know where that thing was filmed. I don't know, because if it wasn't filmed in Canada, then he was lying to me. This is is 30 fucking years ago. But uh, the story went was that my buddy said that his aunt was there live when they did that. And I'm like, holy shit, she saw all that. He goes, she goes, he goes, yeah. And when she left the the arena that night, she went for dinner at uh, at a pizza hut. And when she walked into the pizza hut, there was Sergeant Slaughter, The Undertaker, The Brooklyn Brawler, and The Ultimate Warrior all sitting at a table having beers. Uh-oh. Now, as a kid, that fucked me up. Because I'm just like, this guy's basically telling me the wrestling's fake, and I'm not having it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like... So what, what do you think the conversation at the bar was like? Hey, Taker, you're buying me a beer. You're trying um, to kill me. Honestly, I, I, honestly <laughs> I think the story was bullshit. Now, now that I think about it years later, number one, I don't think that was filmed in Canada. Yeah. I believe it was in New York. I want to say it was like the Rochester. Okay, area. well, then, then, maybe, then maybe that is maybe possible like, then. But number two, Taker took kayfabe fucking seriously. Nobody took kayfabe more seriously than The Undertaker. I highly doubt he's sitting in a fucking pizza hut with the ultimate warrior right after he tried to murder him. Yeah, especially back then, too. They were still trying to protect kayfabe a little bit in those days as well, right? Well, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Your story is much more traumatic than mine. I just ran into a... I ran into my bedroom at my grandmother's house and made her tell me when it was over. <laughs> Seven-year-old Tyler was very scared of the yeah, Undertaker. Um, all right, so that was number four. What's your number three? Number three, I'm going to tip my hat to your go-to boy, Mr. Mm-hmm. Rowdy Rowdy Piper mm-hmm. on the Piper's Pit. We're going with uh, the, the famous Jimmy Snuka mm-hmm. coconut angle. Um, 
what can you say about this thing? Well, it's it's legendary. Piper walloped the shit out of Snooker <laughs> with that coconut, and it was a it was a shoot coconut too. Um, I rewatched this also, and the reason we put it at my number three instead of a little bit lower down is just uh, Piper just did what Piper does best. He carried the whole thing. Snooker just said, "Are you making fun of me?" Piper was mocking his background. You want a banana? You want you want uh pineapple i want you to feel at home i could have got a tree for you to climb in and snooker just sat there looking pissed off and then finally when snooker took his eye off piper and piper walloped the shit out of him with that coconut what i like the small detail piper was doing because he pulled out multiple coconuts is that he was dropping them on the table so you could hear yeah. the thud that, that they were making detail. so that way when he did his little detail roddy was a fucking genius when it came to that shit absolutely um, uh, and then you know you get the beatdown. Everyone forgets about how strong the beatdown right. was after that, though. You just see the clip of Piper yeah. winding up and hitting him. But Piper, the whole set went down. Uh, you know, you just saw like the the backstage area a little bit. Uh, Piper was whipping him with a belt, and then Snooker just kind of like hulked up from it and just went psycho mad. Piper ran into a door. Snooker was trying to beat the door down as all the agents came. Uh, they they ended up having a good run after that and drawing some good money around uh, around the loops. Um, I'm gonna you you want to know a confession? I would That's like to know a confession. List. You did not put your favorite. There is a of Piper's pit on my list, in, but that's not in his most in his most famous Piper's um, pit. You say that's his most famous Piper's pit. I'm gonna bring up one later. I think is a little bit more famous. Well, maybe I'm going to bring it up right, right now yeah. with my number two. We're going yeah. back to Piper's Pit, and we yes, are going sir. with Andre the Here Giant's heel turn. Okay. Uh, my number two. Uh, this, this again, I got to rewatch a lot of things before we started recording this. This was a, a great storyline in general and a, and a great um, climax to it here as well. Um, the leading up, you know, Andre was, they were on Piper's pit leading up and Hogan would get a, uh, Andre would get a trophy, but Hogan would get a bigger trophy. Um, just little things. You could see that Andre was getting jealous and annoyed by Hogan hog in the spotlight. Uh, the one thing I found a little bit weird about this segment uh, when it started off was Jesse Ventura promising to bring Andre his boy and Piper promising to bring Hogan his boy. It's just weird seeing Piper and Hogan yeah. as yeah. boys. You know what I mean? They had such a blood, blood feud and heated rivals. Yeah. So that was a little bit weird Even to see. I know kid, I remember being like, that point. what? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, it was yeah, weird. Because it we weren't that weird. far away from WrestleMania 1. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was a couple <laughs> years exactly, right? And so it was a little bit weird watching that in hindsight. Um, you know, Piper, I always thought was better as a, as a heel than a face. He was still a great face. Don't get me wrong, but I always enjoyed his work 100%. as a heel a little bit better. Um, I like how they brought Hogan out first and then the surprise of bringing Andre the Giant out with Bobby the Brain Heenan and just the look on Hogan's face, the heartbreak in Hogan's voice pleading with Andre, don't be with him. You know, you poured champagne on my head when I won the belt. What are you doing? Please, please, please. And then Bobby Heenan cuts an amazing promo on Hogan, how he's a glory hog. When did you ever offer Andre a title match? Blah, 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 blah. And then Andre was fantastic too. Hogan puts his hands on his shoulders and, and Andre's going, get your hands off of me. And he's like, look at me. And he's everything he did was yep. slow and methodical, grabbing his chin and tilting his head up. I want to challenge you for the world title at WrestleMania. 
And then, you know, I don't believe this, Hogan, I don't believe this. And then, you know, Bobby Heenan with his line, you don't believe it, believe this. And Andre ripping the, the shirt and, and, and the cross the, off. The greatest part Piper of that, too, was it. 100% unplanned. Was, was, yeah, was the Piper fact just that looked, Andre's yeah. fingernail accidentally sliced open uh, Hogan's chest when he, when he ripped that necklace yeah. off. And it made the moment so much more real. Oh, and then Rowdy Piper with his timing as well, right? Just looking yeah. very somber. You're bleeding. You're bleeding. You know, and then and that's it. And that's how that's yeah. how they left it. What a great I'm, I'm to, glad. what was one of the most I'm, not, I'm never ever ever gonna shit over the coconut moment. I'm not, but I'm glad you put that over the coconut moment because that is the that is yeah, the essential just, you know, moment for me. The coconut moment is um is is legendary, but that 100%. is a much better segment. And it's important. Uh, you know, and there and there was even it's some one segment. Just off the top of my head, even a recent Piper fit that he did with uh, I believe it was um, Wade Barrett in the Nexus angle with Cena. Like I thought he did good there, but this is the the best yeah. Piper's pit of all time. Agreed. Uh, so we are at my number one. So let's uh, let's take a listen to what you got. I've got a couple honorable mentions. As well. All right. Well. Uh... Might uh, go really quickly through it because I have a few that you don't have. Um, my number seven is uh, the barbershop uh, right, right before, very shortly before WrestleMania 8 when they're building up for the main event of WrestleMania 8 when Sid goes fucking loco and just destroys the barbershop. And he gets sprayed yeah. in the face with the I shaving fucking cream. Love that. I love the whole thing. I, I, I loved that whole build. That mashes the drizzling shits. But the, but the terrible, fucking but build to that match, I still love to this day. The switch from Sid Justice being a good guy to a bad guy, every everything about it was was phenomenal. I love it. Now I don't I I get why they didn't go with it, but do you think that WrestleMania eight should have been headlined oh, by Hogan Flair? Even as a kid, I thought that. I get why they didn't. Now that I know that Hogan was stepping away and they didn't want to put him over Flair because. Yeah. There's no yeah. point, but uh, I still think that should have been the main event as well. Uh, number six. And they could have done something crazy like put Flair over. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you know, give someone yeah. a rub hope. So. Things well, could have been a lot different. Uh, number six, uh, an episode of Tuesday Night Titans. Uh, for those who don't remember that, that was a, uh, a talk show that Vince McMahon hosted with Lord Alfred Hayes um, on Tuesday nights, believe it or not. Uh, the the segment is Fuji Vice, Mr. Fuji and Don Morocco. Uh, the debut episode of Fuji Vice. Now they went on to do a bunch of these these kind of things, but Fuji Vice is where it began, and it was fucking hilarious. I like the doctor one they did. <laughs> that was my favorite one. The doctor. Uh, so yeah, that definitely has to make my list. Uh, number five is um, I also have a uh, highlight reel, but it's different than yours. Mine's quite recent. Mine is the Festival of Friendship. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. That one slipped through my cracks. That's a great. That's a great. Mine one. is definitely the best of the modern age. Yeah, you know what? I think I might even switch that out for my highlight reel as well. That's a great angle. That's a great. That's Love a whole it. great segment. Um, number four. Uh, see, from now on, I think we we match up because my number four is Hogan and Andre on Piper's Pit. Uh, Perfect. That was my number three. Uh, number yeah, three is there. Jake on, uh, on uh, the funeral parlor. 
number number two is warrior yeah, yeah. on the funeral parlor. And our number one our number ones are going to be the same. It has to match, right? Yeah, this is a pretty obvious one. But before we get into that, how about we? I got a couple. Okay, I have one honorable mention, and it's Piper's pick. All right, let's. Okay, let's hear it. I I also have a Piper's pet of my own. Is it Mr. Downey? It's a deep cut. It's not Mr. Downey. Right. Great uh, for those pit. who don't know, it was Downey getting, uh, uh, refusing to put his, Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. Uh, senior, sorry, uh, re- senior. Refusing to put out his cigarette. Uh, so, uh, Hot Rod put it out for him with a, uh, with a fire extinguisher. This was that. This was at WrestleMania five. This mm-hmm. was Piper's return to the company mm-hmm. since uh, WrestleMania three. Great movie. Yeah, that was that also involved Brother Love as well, getting uh, stripped down to his underwear for doing a That's great right. Roddy Piper impersonation. Bruce Pitcher is great Roddy Piper so impersonation. Yes, is that your only honorable mention? mention? The only one I can think of. Yeah, I got a couple here, and I got one that I'm going to say right now, and you're going to be like, "Fuck, I can't believe I forgot that." I got uh, the highlight reel when uh, Jericho Holy throws fuck, Shawn Michaels no, uh, face through the Jericho. That was on my list, and I forgot to write it down. <laughs> I fucked up. No, that okay. That takes over something. Yeah, that that deserves to be on the top. I don't know how it's selling your top seven either. I admit that I fucked up. When I first wrote down my list, that was on there. I, I don't know how I fucked it up. Listen, I stand with arrogance. Ah, Martel, man, right? I don't know what I, I would have to take off Sid's barbershop. I think. Um, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't like it, I counted out seven to tell me that Rick Martel and his arrogance wasn't <laughs> but, better than that. But, that, but you're right. That moment, <laughs> that Jericho moment, when he throws him into the fucking Jeritron, holy fuck, what a moment! That was a, and those guys had a they great build up to that views, moment, didn't they? Because Jericho. Well, do you, do you remember? If how I'm this not started? mistaken, uh, it did not begin as it was after he retired Ric Flair, and then he was feuding with Batista. Yes. And Jericho kept getting involved yes. between between them, and then Sean, yeah, Shawn Michaels uh, yes. hurt his knee. Remember, he quote unquote hurt his yeah. knees, and Jericho called him out. You're lying. Mm-hmm. You're full of shit. You're full of shit. And then after weeks and weeks of it, Michaels finally super kicked him and was like, "Yeah, you're right. I was lying." And then Jericho snap showed, and that was a, this was a feud that was supposed to last one pay per view. And, yeah, and then didn't he end up punching Sean's wife or something? <laughs> He did end up that. That is another yeah. totally great promo too. Yeah, he punched yeah. his wife legit in the face. <laughs> uh, I've got, I've got a couple other ones here. I've got um, the big boss man's yes. face turn on the brother yes. love show. I really enjoyed uh, with uh, the million dollar man involved, where where he basically was saying, "Go get my belt," and the boss man yeah. was like, "Fuck you, I'm not your bitch." Uh, also on the brother love show, I've got when earthquake laid out Hulk Hogan, setting up their okay, SummerSlam yeah. ninety match. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed that as a kid, and that led to the big campaign. And this is how smart they are: write your get well wishes to Hulk Hogan, so we can get your mailing address and send you our catalog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great strategy. I've got one more on my honorable mention. It's a deep cut, and uh, <laughs> this is just the Canadian in me. I, nobody else is going to like this one, but it is an episode of Piper's Pit featuring Iron <laughs> Mike Sharp. I don't know the year on it. It's on YouTube if you look it up. It is absolutely hilarious. Iron Mike Sharp is, uh, for those of you that don't know, was a enhancement talent um, in the in the 80s and, and the early 90s. 
billed as Hamilton, Ontario's strongest athlete or greatest athlete, which is ridiculous <laughs> in itself, if you know anything about the uh, greater Toronto area. Um, this one was, uh, they sat down and Piper was like, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of yours. He's like, you know, there's some fans out there that might say that you're, uh, they call you like a, a wuss. And I don't know why, but Iron Mike <laughs> Sharp loses his mind, flips the table over. What do you mean? I don't And he's in Piper's face. I don't, it's just <sighs> hilarious. You just have to go anywhere to watch it. Uh, so it's on YouTube. It's a deep cut. It, it, there's no way it would make any list. Funny. I just thought it I'll was really check funny. That out. I don't think I've ever seen it, to be honest. And I'm, I'm going to guess that our unanimous number one is, uh, you know, pretty much as soon as this list is announced, yeah. we're all thinking the same thing. It is uh, the barbershop featuring Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and if, 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 if you're listening to this right now and that's not your number one, you're wrong. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I. Hundred percent. And if you don't think that's your number one, then you would probably yeah, not no, that, it, it is the single greatest. It's one of the greatest segments in wrestling history. Um, again, in that time, it's 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 what nineteen ninety two. Okay, it was nineteen ninety two. Yeah, yeah. This was about so it's ninety two. Again, kayfabe is very very much alive. I am nine years old at this point. In nineteen ninety two, I am. Yeah, I think I'm nine. No, I'm eleven. I'm something. I'm eleven. I think I was. I think I was. Seven, I was eleven right? years I, old. I was in grade two. I was eleven years old. I was born in eighty-one. I'm eleven years old, and I loved the fucking Rockers. I have to put that out there. I, I at that point in time, they were probably my favorite tag team because they, you know, did anybody everybody not loved the Rockers, the Rockers. and. You know, when they started teasing the breakup, I don't care who you were, you started picking sides. And I'm sure everybody thinks it's cool now to go ahead and say, oh, yeah, well, I was always on Sean's side. Bullshit. I was on Marty's side. I picked Marty. And then I picked wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the greatest moments in history when you thought they were reuniting, they said everything is okay. They, they hold their hands up, you know, in, in, in a united fashion. And then Sean just super kicks the fucking taste right into Marty's mouth. Oh, what a moment. Uh, a moment of shock for every fan, child or adult, I think. Unsung hero of that segment, by the way, is Bobby Heenan. He was great on commentary. I don't know if you remember Bobby Heenan on commentary, but when they're, when they're talking and Bobby's like, you know, these guys are just so great together, and I, I knew that they were going to get back together, and blah, blah, blah. I knew he'd do that. With the kick, and Bobby goes, oh, I knew yeah. he was going to do that. Bobby was a fucking genius. <laughs> He's amazing. And then, and then, if that wasn't enough, amazing. Sean taking Marty by the head and throwing him through that window. And then Marty, Marty just laying there with his torso still hanging in the fucking window. And blood is pouring down his face. How? Um, I I like I like Sean going over yes. and grabbing the magazine. That's a great and as well. It I was about to bring well. that up. But how often, up until 1992, and even you know for years after 1992, how often you remember seeing blood on WWF television? It didn't happen. Never. It didn't happen. So the no. fact that they were allowed to do it, number one, meant Vince put a lot of trust in those boys. 
a lot of fucking trust in those boys. And number two, it fucking paid off because it made it real. It made it fucking real. Even those, even the skeptics that, that were starting to say, you know, wrestling isn't real, even they were going, holy fuck, well, he's bleeding. <laughs> you know? I also like Bobby Heenan oh, claiming that Marty tried One to of the greatest lines in commentary history. Did you see that? Bob, Bobby I can tell on one hand, on one finger, how many times I think Bobby Heenan fucked up on commentary. I, I can I can think of one instance yeah, where I, I'm like, oh, Bobby, why'd you do that? And that, I, okay. I, I can't even think you're, of one. You, you, maybe, maybe you don't even agree with me. But Bash the Peach, 1996. Hogan's coming out. Oh, with Hogan? Whose side is he on? Whose side, who's side is he on? I, I, I think it's a horrible call. I love call. that call. I think it's a horrible call. Because Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan never liked Hulk Hogan. So because why we're not even supposed to think that. We're not even, that's not even supposed to be in your brain. Wow. You had to have that's that idea in your head, your Hogan brain. coming out at Hulk that Hogan, point. Has never been heel. He's never going to be heel. He he is the ultimate good boy, a good guy, and always will be. Exactly. So how ridiculous does that make? Bobby yeah, Hines? I don't know. I just, I I just I think it was a bad call. That was just me. I, it's for twenty years later, it still bothers me. <laughs> See, I I thought you were gonna say it when he said no. No, I uh, I stand kid. by that. <laughs> Pillman was being a dick. <laughs> Oh, he did. He yeah. had a great recovery from that as well, eh? And he came, Bobby came back and was like, Oh, I love Pillman. <laughs> like, yeah, he's great. I mean, they just started cheering for him right away. I so, saw Bobby handle that. Uh, that's our top seven. If there's any talk show moments that we missed, and I'm sure we've missed, at least in honorable mentions, we must have missed something for you because we didn't even hit on all the talk shows. I mean, can you can you think of more talk shows we didn't even talk about today? Um, the Peep Show, uh, Car- Carlitos Cabana. Yeah, I don't have no. Carlitos Cabana, the R rating, the cutting edge. That's it. Cutting edge. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, the Heartbreak oh, Hotel, the King's Court. Heartbreak Hotel, yeah. the King's Court. Uh, so so there's, been, uh, there's been quite uh, the flower shop with Adrian the, Adonis, the body the shop. There's pit. actually a good honorable mention. I'll give an honorable mention. Yep. Is uh, the, the snake pit, Jake oh, Snake yes. and him with Hong Kong Man's yeah. guitar. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. Broke his collarbone. Shoot, shoot yeah. So there's been uh, there's been plenty. Uh, so yeah. Well, let us know what you guys think. Before we get into before we wrap this up, I just thought of one. I want to know if you think it counts or not. The Miz shooting on Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack. It doesn't uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say that Talking Smack wasn't a, a, a promo segment. Right. It was more it was a show, right? So so so, so does that mean my so does that guess, mean my Tuesday, Tuesday night Titans doesn't Titan, count either? Kinda Yeah. Uh, I'll give I'll give it to you. I'll give you Tuesday night. But talking smack going uh, too far. All right. I think Talking Smack were yeah. pushing it too far. It was more recap than than Tuesday Night Titan was more more angles more sorry yeah. not angles it was more of a it was a talk show. So, but Talking yeah, okay. Smack was a more of a recap show. All right, but uh, anyways, yeah, like you were doing uh, uh, plug so, our Twitter, uh, boy. 
Yeah, that's uh, Counted Out 7 on Twitter. Leave us your feedback. Drop a message on Facebook. I'd like to get some activity going on there. Uh, you know, we can post some of these clips on uh, – maybe I'll post the uh, the Rowdy Piper Iron Mike Sharp on our Facebook. Yeah, so you guys do that. Take a look at that. Yeah, def- definitely drop that because uh, I wasn't watching this one. And then, uh, and feel free to post post some videos on on our Facebook Please. page of some of yeah. your guys' favorite promo moments uh, in in a, in a segment. Not your favorite promos, just moments within a, a talk exactly. show. And uh, we we pretty much only talked about WWF today. Uh, if you remember any from WCW that we forgot, or or even from, I do okay. I do have an honorable right. mention for WCW that I forgot to write down. It is, uh, and I can't believe, and everyone has probably been like, you guys are fucking idiots for not mentioning this. It was uh, the episode of Player for the Gold with the Shockmaster. (laughs) We're talking about great moments here, not infamous moments. The only great moment in that that whole thing was the bulldog going, keep that on this fucking arse. He fucking fell. Yeah, it's hilarious. Everyone's just dying laughing. What a clusterfuck. I actually just recently met uh, the Shockmaster, yeah. Tugboat, Typhoon, or sorry, yeah. yeah, Typhoon, whatever you want to call him, Fred Almond. What a great, nice human being. I actually got to wear the original so, Shockmaster. And, and this is before. You 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 had to meet, meet him I before was. you and I even met. And you met him at the WrestleMedia yeah. table, which is my former podcast. So I was pretty – because we, because well, we, we, we were, uh, we were Shockmasters' uh, uh, sponsor for the show. Yes, sir. Well, I'll give a shout out to WrestleMedia for allowing <laughs> me to wear the Shockmaster helmet. I will also post Go that ahead, photo. Post How about I post, post that, that photo, photo yeah. as well as a couple yeah. of promos on our Facebook? All and right, Twitter. so I think that wraps up this week. Uh, what do you got for me for next week, Rod? Well, we are still in WrestleMania season, so. I figure that we will take a look and count down our top seven favorite WrestleMania main, event. main events. So, 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 yeah. Now, now, when I say main event, if we're talking about WrestleMania 18, we're talking about the match that closes the show. Triple H and Chris Jericho, not Hogan and The Rock, not what's built as the main event. The last match on the card, the actual main I event. I don't, yeah. I, I'm just going to call it the closing match. <laughs> yes, because, closing because match I will never, ever, ever admit that that piece of shit Lawrence Taylor was ever in the main event of a WrestleMania. I will tell you that that match I enjoyed much better than Randy Orton. <laughs> always shit about that match. WrestleMania 25. <laughs> I know you hate that match. Yeah. I hate that match. And if it's if it's on your top seven list, then we will definitely dive oh, into that cool. in a big manner next week or next episode because we're posting these at we are right all, now on lockdown, all on lockdown. So we'll uh, yeah, you, you you could be getting the next show next week. Could be getting it tomorrow. Who knows? Well, and I I might just post a couple random ones as well. We do have some in the can that uh, we've recorded as practice ones. If we're bored and we got nothing going on, we don't, might throw a couple bonus episodes. We, we've only been going for two weeks, and we already had the lost tapes. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Already. All eh? right. Well, uh, until next week, uh, that's us. We've been counted out. All right. All right well, then care. I will see you on the next one. <laughs>